You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 228. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back to the Earn That Body Show. This is Kim Eagle, and it is always great to have you. I always appreciate each and every follower and listener of the Earn That Body podcast. Now, what's going on right now for Earn That Body? Well, the Run Power program is now more than halfway through the five-week session, and people are absolutely crushing it. They're loving it. If you have any interest in getting in the best shape of your life, even if you're not what you would consider a runner. I cannot say enough fantastic things about the program. Not only does it come with audio runs and endurance runs and tempo runs, but it also comes with strength training videos, core videos, hip strengthening videos, stretch videos, everything you need for a five-week program to get super fit. I mean, I don't think anything sounds better before summer season and bikinis, right? So if you are interested in checking out the Run Power program, do go to runpowher.com, R-U-N-P-O-W-H-E-R, or if you're just looking for an amazing workout program to get you fit that does not have as much focus on running, you can check out the Will Power program, Will W-I-L-L-P-O-W-H-E-R.com. Both are all done from home. Everything can be safely done from home to get you in your best shape yet. Now, what are we talking about today? Well, it's an Ask Me Anything episode where I go online into social media and my clients and my followers either post on Facebook or email me questions and want to ask certain questions about how I live my life, how my health is, my workouts, anything. I go ahead and say, ask me anything and I will let you know. So we are going to talk about all kinds of fun things like my favorite dessert and do I work out on vacations and all that good stuff after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Idea Fitness Journal, there was a great article called Impact of Training Through Pain. All right, everyone, I want you to listen up out there because if you're one of my clients who's injured or you work out through pain at any time, please listen up. It says, if your clients need more evidence that training while injured can be detrimental, new research suggests the adverse effects on movement quality can linger even after an injury has fully healed. Learning motor skills when pain is present can actually lead to less efficient adaptations in muscle activation and movement accuracy. The University of Queensland researchers in Australia found that these modifications that your body makes when you're injured to motor skill patterns may continue after pain is no longer there. In other words, people continue to use inefficient movement patterns and do not fully recruit those targeted muscles, even though the movement compensations are no longer necessary. The investigators concluded that learning motor skills in the presence of pain may underpin the development of suboptimal motor strategies, and that these may persist beyond the pain, a finding that could have 
critical implications for the design of sports training programs and chronic pain rehab. The study was reported in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise. I really think this is so important for everyone to hear because at some point, all of us have been injured or will get injured. And we often think, you know what? I'm just going to push this workout. I can, I can push through it. It doesn't hurt that bad. And what happens is we start to accommodate that pain by using other muscle groups, by compensating as much as possible. Now, you're not conscious about it by any means. You will not even realize that you're compensating. But this research is incredible because it's saying that when you're going through these compensations, it's almost like you're training the body to now work that way with the compensation so that even when the pain is gone, you're still gonna work out the compensated way. And when you do that, you're generally using smaller muscle groups, not the targeted muscle group you need to use. And that likely will then lead to even more injury down the road. So never work through pain. Um, if you feel pain, stop what you're doing, see if it goes away in a couple days, maybe it's nothing, but if it doesn't go away, I always say within, you know, a week to two weeks, go to the doctor, find out what's wrong. Information is our power. And that is the fastest way to get uninjured and out of pain is to know exactly what is wrong. And when I say that, I'm talking about going to an MD, a medical doctor. Once you get that proper diagnosis, then if you want to go to the chiropractor or the massage therapist or the physical therapist, fantastic. Then you have a proper diagnosis. But I really, I have seen far too many people waste so many precious months seeing the physical therapist, the massage therapist, and the chiropractor without getting a proper diagnosis. And sadly, a lot of times they are working to fix the wrong thing. And when they're still in pain three months later, and then they finally go to the doctor, even though I told them to go to the MD first, three months later, it's an actually a different diagnosis that they could have been working on the right treatment for. So there you have it, never work through pain. I take it very seriously, not just for me, but for my clients, because there is no, there's nothing worse than not being able to work out. And so I want to make sure that we get you back on track as fast as possible and not prolong a problem for way too long. All right, who wants to ask me some questions? We got some great questions this, uh, this quarter. I try to do this kind of podcast quarterly and I am just going to dive right in. Um, my first question was from Karen and she wants to know, do you eat dessert? And if so, what is your favorite? Yes, I eat dessert. I am completely human, just like all of you. I love dessert just as much as all of you. And if I had to pick my absolute favorite dessert, it would be a New York cheesecake. And I'm not talking about a cheesecake factory style cheesecake that is loaded with cookies and all the stuff. I like the rich, plain New York cheesecake, just completely plain. That is my absolute favorite dessert. (laughs) So there you have it. 
Do I have it every night? No. <laughs> Will I have it maybe on my birthday and an anniversary on special occasions? Absolutely. But I do also limit the serving size because I know that one is not calorie free. The next question from Alex, do you do your own schedule of workouts from your videos or do you do different workouts? Uh, Alex, it just depends what I'm training for. So like when I create a program, a perfect example is I just created the Run Power program. And so when I create a program, I'm doing all the workouts as I choreograph them. And then once the choreography is complete, I film the program. And then once I film the program, I do the full program exactly how my clients will based on the calendar. So when I'm in a program set up like that, I am actually doing my own workouts. Now, when I'm not creating a program, then it just depends what I'm doing. Am I training for a marathon? Because if I'm training for a marathon, I'm usually working with a running coach and they have me on a set program. But I will tell you this, for most of my strength workouts, I do most of my own videos because most of my videos are full body strength workouts. And what I found is that when I would try full body strength workouts in other classes or online or the Peloton series, I was always so annoyed that they would be like, this is a full body workout and then they didn't do triceps. Or this is a full body workout and they didn't do shoulders. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, now I have to, after this one hour workout with you, now go back and do shoulders. Cause I, I always do full body strength two days a week. I don't break it all up into different um, muscle groups generally. So generally for my strength, I definitely do my own workouts. But if I'm training for an Ironman or a triathlon, something like that, um, then I have a coach who gives me my workouts. Next question from Eleanor, what's your favorite post-workout or anytime stretch? She loves a good calf stretch. For me, the best stretch is anything hip. So I actually have um, a hip tear. And so I have really tight hips, which most runners pretty much do. So I love stretching hips. Um, that is my favorite. It's the one that is super hard for me too, because I'm so tight in my hips that I definitely have to give myself a lot of time in the hip stretches um, and go really slow and wait for things to sort of release. So I think that's what you meant. Um, I have some really good stretch videos in the Run Power program that I have been doing a lot and they feel amazing. Um, another one from Eleanor, she says, I'm sure you've answered this before, but if not, do you have any favorite hobbies not related to exercise and healthy cooking? So yes, I am very pro hobby that are not exercise related. I have talked to many clients before and I, I generally push this on everyone I know. Everyone should have hobbies. The more, the better. And I always say to my clients, please don't let your workouts be your hobby. And this is why. Because there will come a day when you can't work out as much. What if you get injured? What if just as you age, you can't run as much as you used to or you can't lift as much and that was your only hobby and your only passion and then all of a sudden you have nothing, right? Exercise is like eating to me. It's something that I do every day for my health, but it is definitely not my hobby. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I have a new hobby as of the last few years. I started gardening and it has literally changed my life. I say that and I feel like such a loser or a grandma or something, but literally 
gardening has changed my life and I'm so thankful to have that hobby that every day when I complete work, like I cannot wait to go outside and water the garden, check the garden, harvest the vegetables, start a new garden bed, um, start my rose garden. Like so many, every single day I have a new project and it really fires me up and it really keeps me going. And so I encourage everybody, go out there and find a hobby that lights you up. Maybe it's learning guitar, playing music, maybe it's knitting, whatever it is, find a hobby that's not related to exercise and cooking because I think that it's important to have another outlet. So great question. Anali, she says, how often do you eat your meals and snacks? Do you wait until you're starving, like really hungry, or do you eat every few specific hours between meals? Well, I would never wait till I'm starving, Anali, because we know that once we wait until we're starving, all everything falls apart, right? So as I eat exactly how I teach my clients to eat, I'm when I say that, I'm not saying 100% of the time. I'm not going to tell you that I never get starving, but I will tell you that I don't ask my clients to do anything that I don't do the majority of the time. So I have three meals a day. The first being breakfast within the hour that I wake up, I eat breakfast, okay? It's the most important meal of the day for everyone, trust me. It's been a game changer for some of my clients and their weight loss once they started eating breakfast, all right? So I eat three meals a day and generally two snacks a day and it's about two to three hours apart. Um, and then if I'm training for something really hard, like an Ironman or a marathon, and I'm working out maybe more than usual, it's probably three snacks a day. And it looks like breakfast, two hours later, um, protein shake, eagle shake usually, because it's after my workout, two hours later, lunch, two hours later, snack, two hours later, dinner. And then again, there could be a snack after dinner, depending on how much I'm exercising. I'm pretty religious about it. And, um... I don't even like think about it. Like I just, I just sort of know every two hours to go and eat. I never miss a meal. I don't know how people tell me that they forgot to eat because I would never forget to eat because I do love food just as much as most of you do. Um, now, what's the problem if you wait until you're starving? Guess what? All bets are off. If you wait until you're starving, you'll never be able to stay on a healthy lifestyle pattern. If you're trying to lose weight and you keep waiting until you're starving, then you probably keep wondering why you're not losing weight because as soon as you're starving, you're gonna grab the first thing you can grab. And it's usually a high carb, high sugary item. That's all they have at the market, at the counter. It's for all of us who are starving. And it looks like what? A candy bar. And I will be very honest with you. There are times when I get so starving that I will pull over to a Walgreens or a CVS and I will get a Snickers bar because I am so starving that my blood sugar drops so low that I need something immediately and that probably happens twice a year. <laughs> and then I usually feel sick after the Snickers. So that doesn't happen very often, but that is what happens if you let yourself get starving. So Anali, please promise me you will not let yourself get starving. It is not the healthiest way by any means. Um, Alex asked, how did you decide to start this program? Did you have any other jobs before this? Well, my background is in Eastern medicine. 
Um, that I went to graduate school for Eastern medicine. I was an acupuncturist for many years. Um, then I actually worked in the dot-com world for many years in San Francisco in sales. Then I worked for my sister's company called Fit for Mom, and I sold franchises for her and ran the sales department. And then when I moved to Austin, Texas, I was also teaching fitness in California. Um, and when I moved to Austin, Texas, I had a lot of clients who were very sad I was moving and wondered how I was going to keep them fit from afar. And that's when Earn That Body started. About 11 years ago, I said, well, I can keep you fit from afar. I can give you the workouts. I can tell you how to eat. I can watch your food. And so I started Earn That Body 11 years ago, and I was probably one of the very first trainers out there doing online fitness, online training, online nutrition. There was nothing back then. I mean, there weren't even platforms for me to use. It was a, a whole different game back then. And it worked. It worked really fast. I had no idea it would take off the way that it did, but I helped a couple people lose weight and then all their friends wanted to know, what did you just do to lose all that weight? And then all those friends came to me and then I helped all those friends lose weight and their friends wanted to know. And it, so it really just sort of, um, it just developed very quickly within that first year and really has just exploded, obviously, over the last 10 years. So that's where Earn That Body got its start. So great question. Um, what time do you get up in the morning and what time do you go to bed at night? So I generally get up anywhere between 5.30 to 6 a.m., and if any of you are my clients, you know that's when I'm checking all your food logs. So I do review every single food log of my client. I email them each morning and I try to do it so early in the morning so that they can look at it and say, okay, that's what I did yesterday. She wants me to fix this today or adjust this today. And if I were to give you your feedback later in the day, it would be too late, right? So it's my goal to always get all of my clients their nutritional tips, if they need to change anything or were they right on track as early in the morning as possible. So I get up around 5.36 and I go to bed. Um, I get in bed, I should say, at like 8, 8.30. And if we're not sleeping by like 9, 9.30 max, it's a bad day. <laughs> so I'm pretty religious on my sleep. I get an average of eight hours a night, which means a lot of nights I get more than that, which is my best. Um, but the least, the less I, or the least I'd ever get is seven. Um, but I, I am pretty religious about my sleep because I think it is probably the most important part of our health and people highly overlook it. Um, Alex also noticed I have an Iron Man tattoo. How long ago did you complete that? Have you done more than one? And how long did you train before you did a full? So I did Ironman Texas in 2015, and I did Ironman Arizona in 2017. And before I did Ironman Texas, I did a half Ironman about six months before it. And so after that, I said, okay, I did the half. Do you think I could do a full? I think I looked at my husband and said, do you think that I could do a full? And he, of course, was like, of course you could if you want to. And, and I got myself a, a great Ironman coach. And so that's when I did my first one. Um, so I've done two. And I don't know if there'll be any more. <laughs> I definitely think that second Ironman um, probably 
put the hip tear, you know, at its worst. Um, likely I've had this hip tear in my hip uh, since I was young. I was a dancer, but I think Ironman Arizona definitely pushed it a little too hard. So I'm not sure if I have any left in me, although some people told me, yes, I do. <laughs> we'll see on that one. Uh, Susan Burton, she says, what is a valuable lesson that you have learned from your clients? What have they taught you? Uh, my clients teach me stuff every single day. That is for sure. I create a really strong relationship. I try my best to create a strong relationship with every single client that I have. The more they give to me, the more they ask, the more effort they put in, I feel like those are the people I have the closest relationship to. I always tell my clients, don't hesitate to ask questions. Don't hesitate to email me. That's what I'm here for. I'm your coach. And so we do create a really good relationship. And what I learn from from many, first of all, is that not everybody has the education in nutrition that we assume or that I assume sometimes. Like sometimes I have to always step back and be like, well, why would they know that that's the amount of sugar they should be eating? Why would they know that that deli meat is off the charts in sodium? Why would they know what the impact of sodium is on your health? Why would, they wouldn't know that because where would they get that education unless it's something recent? We didn't grow up with that knowledge. And so what I learned from them always is that I cannot assume that they already know. I really have to teach from the ground up and some things they might already know, but usually my clients are like, I never knew that. I wish I had known about all of this five years ago, 10 years ago, as a teenager, right? If I could reach the teen level, I can only imagine how much healthier so much of our society would be if we could help people much earlier. So one thing I learned from my clients is that, you know, they, they don't necessarily have this education in nutrition or even exercise. And so I have to remember that all the time. Another thing that... Um, I learn from my clients pretty much daily is that we are all different. Every body is different. Every metabolism is different. Every life is different. Every stress level is different. Uh, everybody's story is different. And my clients share their stories with me. One of the, one of the um, assignments I give my clients in the five-week program is to tell me why you're doing or in that body. And I don't just mean to lose five to 10 pounds. Like how would earn that body? How could it potentially change your life? And when a client writes me one to two pages back, let me tell you, I learn a lot about them. And the valuable lessons in there are that we all have a different story and it impacts us in so many ways. It impacts our health, it impacts our weight, it impacts our happiness. Um, and so every person's story touches me deeply because again everybody has a story and sometimes they're happy stories and sometimes they're not but what we need to learn is um we need to listen more to people and and really understand that anything that anybody does in life not not just my client but anything that someone does in life that doesn't seem right to us just remember they have a story and there's something behind that. So I love my clients. They all teach me so very much. She Susan wants to know if I ever taught class with a boom box and she asked that because I used to wheel that boom box out 
<laughs> when I used to teach a boot camp. Uh, it's probably in the garage somewhere still. It, it stopped working. I don't have the boom box anymore, Susan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then she asks about the no benefit zone. And I'm actually going to do an entire podcast on heart rate training. And so the no benefit zone falls into that. So you're going to have to hang on, Susan, for the no benefit zone in one of the upcoming podcast episodes. Uh, Amy Goodman, you wanted to know, do you have a Peloton and what is your leaderboard name? So I got my Peloton bike um, a few months before I was supposed to have hip surgery, which was about the same exact week that COVID happened. Now, thankfully, and this sounds really odd, but thankfully, I had a thyroid that went kind of crazy the week um, I had some blood work done and the week before my hip surgery, they canceled my surgery because my thyroid numbers were way off track. And that's also, I've done a podcast on it. So check out the thyroid issue. Um, And thankfully they canceled the hip surgery because literally COVID happened that next week. And it would have been a real nightmare to be recovering from a, a torn labrum and going to physical therapy when everything was shut down. So I'm very blessed that I got the Peloton right before that because the doctor told me that I wouldn't be able to run or do any exercise at all, but that I could get on a bike. (laughs) Very, very, very zero resistance power. And I wouldn't be able to get on my Ironman, you know, triathlon bike because the, it's a very deep uh, sitting posture that you have to sit in. It wouldn't benefit my hip at all. So I bought a Peloton for my hip surgery. But man, that really was nice to have during COVID, especially since I didn't end up having hip surgery. Um, So I do have a Peloton. I don't give out my leaderboard name, but I challenge you to find me. (laughs) Mostly because I'm not a big, I don't really believe in competitive how do I say it? Competitive classes. Like it really, I I would never go to Orange Theory because I don't want to compete with someone next to me because that would, I don't want to feel like, oh, I'll push myself to injury just to beat this person next to me. Um, With Peloton, my issue about that is that everybody's bike is so different in terms of calibration. And I've tested it with my sister and a couple friends. And like, I know who's strong and who's not. And so I know that a lot of it is bike calibration versus who's stronger. So I don't feel like I don't use um, that little side thing where it says people's, you know, power that you don't know and you're trying to beat them. I don't use any of that. And, you know, Peloton for me, if I get on the bike once a week, that's about it. So I don't give out my leaderboard name, mostly because it's also sort of just my time my space, you know, sometimes where I need a break um, from work and even friends and family and everything. So, so again, if you can find me, let's put it this way. If you can find me and you ask for a friend uh, on Peloton, if you can find me, then I might just accept you. (laughs) Okay. Cindy Nelson, love hearing from you, girl. Do you have any fitness trackers or gadgets that you love? Um, like I have my Garmin, I have an Ironman Garmin watch. I think it's the Phoenix 6S that I just got. And that's the only fitness tracker gadget that I use. And I really only use it for running. Um, I'm not into any Fitbits or I, I, you should all know by now, I'm not a fan of the Apple watch and they all sort of like make you crazy. You should walk more. You should take more steps. You should do this. You should, no. 
You shouldn't overtrain. <laughs> Those are all really good for sedentary people, but they're not good for people who like to work out and are obsessive about it. Because if that stupid Apple Watch told me one more time that I had to stand up or I didn't work out enough that day, even though I you know, was training for an Ironman. <laughs> so I only have a Garmin watch. That's my only gadget that I have. Um, how many hours of deep and REM sleep make you feel your best? Um, eight hours is amazing for me. If I get my normal, good, solid eight hours, I am a happy woman. Jennifer wants to know, Jennifer White, does your husband work out with you or do you give him workouts to do? So sometimes we work out together. Um, we used to do a lot of yoga together, which is really nice. Sometimes we go for a run together, but sometimes it's just better to put your headphones in and do your own thing. <laughs> He's never done, isn't this funny? He's never done any of my workouts, you guys. He doesn't really have access. I, I sometimes wonder if he even knows what I do. <laughs> but um, so he's never done any of my videos. I think he would die if he did any of my strength videos. He does a lot of the Peloton um, workouts and he was a huge fan of P90X, which we both were way back in the day. So he's still, he actually pulled those out recently. Um, so he kind of does his own thing, but sometimes he asks like, well, what are you doing today? And then he'll do the same thing or, you know, I think we're both going to train for a marathon and that would be fun because that would be the first time we trained for something together because I did Ironman and then he did it after me. I should say this. I did a half Ironman, then he did one, then I did an Ironman, then he did one, but we've never really trained for one together. So I think that that would be a lot of fun. Um, but typically we kind of do our own thing. We also have our own schedule, which makes makes it a little hard. Um, Becky Barrett, do you ever get in an exercise funk? How do you stay motivated? Um, have you ever had a client that wouldn't listen to you? Oh my God, that is hilarious. So do you ever get in an exercise funk? Absolutely. I'm completely human, just like you, right? Now I did do an entire podcast on this. So for anybody who gets in a fitness funk, go check out episode number six. That was like one of the first ones I ever did. It's called, Are You in a Fitness Funk? Um, yes, I get in a funk just like you get in a funk. How do I get out of the funk and how do I stay motivated? Almost always when I go, oh, I don't wanna do a workout today. I don't wanna do that workout. I don't wanna do this workout. I don't wanna do anything. Nothing sounds good. When I get like that, almost always I sign up for a race. <laughs> That gets me out of every funk there is. So whether it's a sprint triathlon or um, a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon, usually when I start getting in a funk, it means I need to get a little more focused on something specific. And I definitely recommend that for anybody who gets in an exercise funk, in addition to just getting into some kind of new program. So that also helps me with my exercise funks when I create a new program. Um, it, it changes, you know, you got to shift, you got to get out of what you're doing, whatever you're doing, you're bored of. So you want to do something new. Now, have I ever had a client that wouldn't listen to me? What do you think in 11 years? Do you think that everybody listened? Definitely no. <laughs> now I can offer all the advice in the world and I could try to give you every tip in the world, but there's definitely a certain percent of people who just Quit early, don't put in 100% effort, um, or it's just not a great fit for them, like it just doesn't work for them. But probably the funniest one I ever had was a husband and wife came to me and um, the wife was doing like amazing and the husband just like, 
kind of wasn't making any of the changes. Like I would keep saying like, I would maybe not eat this anymore. How about this instead? And no change would keep doing what I said to do opposite of. And then the wife calls me and tells me, I just want to let you know, my husband doesn't really like to be told what to do. Well, I almost fell off my chair because it's like, why do you, why would you sign up for a coach if you don't want any help in what you're doing? And a coach is kind of going to tell you what to do, right? So that was probably my funniest client of all time. He didn't do very well in the program. She did amazing. Um, but yeah, definitely not, not everybody listens. And you know, again, what did I say earlier? Even those people who don't listen, I what we have to remember is everybody has a story, right? So maybe they're really busy right now. Maybe they took on a little more than they could handle. My program's not a walk in the park. Like it's a full commitment program, right? People get amazing results, but they they have to do the work. So when someone doesn't give me 100%, I usually know that they just have a lot going on in their life. And I hope that they come back later when they can give more effort or they have more time or they have less stress. Um, But that is a great question by far. Um, Alex wants to know, if you go on a long vacation, do you do your workout still or do you take time off? I almost always work out every single day of a vacation because you tend to eat more on a vacation. And I, there's nothing worse to me than feeling bloated or that my pants don't fit or, you know, I just feel sluggish. Like I've definitely gotten to a place in my life where the days I don't work out, I do feel a little more sluggish and that's not how I want to feel on a vacation. And on a vacation, I mean, you have a lot of extra time, right? You can fit in a workout, even if it's just 30 minutes. So I almost always work out every single day of a vacation because it just, it definitely makes me feel better. But if we have something planned and I can't get the workout in, I'm not going to stress about it. So do I take time off? Like I'll take a day off on a vacation if we have plans or maybe two days off, you know, but I still would try to fit something even if it's 30 minutes in if I can, just because it makes me feel better. Serena wants to know about herbal teas. Do I drink them? Serena, I'm actually doing an entire podcast episode about tea. So I'm actually going to hold your question and I've got it and I'm going to put it into the podcast episode. So you're going to have to come back. You're going to get your own episode. How's that one? Pam Downs, who is the guy who does your intro on the podcast? And how did you go about hiring and picking him? He has a nice voice. That's so funny. I'd love to hear that. So there's actually companies that you pay. (laughs) If you were to look up, I can't even remember what company that was, but if you look up like podcast intros, there's companies that you pay and, and you write the script and then you can pick a man's voice or a woman's voice. I think they give you like so many different vo- you know, people voices to choose from. I have no idea what his name is. I'm glad that you like it. Every now and then I think it's time to change up the intro. Um, but yeah, that's just like a company and a service that you pay for. Um, Pam, you also had a great question about hydroponic grown fruits and vegetables in HEB. They don't say organic. Are they good to eat or is organic better? So hydroponics has come a long way. Um, I actually wanted to explain it just simply for you. 
for people who don't know what hydroponics are, it's a way to basically skip the soil when you're doing some kind of gardening or farming and you sub in a different material to support the root of the plant and grow the crops directly in a nutrient-rich water, hence the hydro water ponics. So basically these things are sort of... Um, they are developed in water instead of soil. But hydroponics does not mean it is organic. And so that's a really good question. I think hydroponics is really new still. And so if it doesn't say organic, I would still always opt for the organic option of a fruit or a vegetable. Uh, just because it's grown hydroponically doesn't mean that they didn't use something in the water that could be like a pesticide of some sort or some kind of intense fertilizer or chemical. So hydroponic doesn't mean it's healthy great question it's something that's fairly new i'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about that in um in the year karen you wanted to know karen salter do you have friends that don't work out and if so do they understand that you need exercise in your life for me sometimes it's difficult to be around people who don't in my eyes lead a healthy life so do i well, gosh, you know what's so hard is that so many of my friends are my clients. Um, I actually, uh, most of my friends do exercise, but not all. I mean, I definitely have friends that are not big into exercise. Uh, they can still be your friends. And as long as they don't comment or care that you love to exercise, you really can't comment on them. But if they are the kind of people who start saying things all the time, like, why do you work out so much? Or don't you think you do too much? Or if they start to get a little negative or edgy with you about your exercise or your nutrition, generally that's some kind of uh, concern on them. And it's sort of like they're taking it and transferring transferring their concerns. They feel a little threatened by what you're doing because they know they should be doing it. So as long as your friends aren't putting you in that position, just let it go. We can't help people who don't want to be helped. Um, I don't offer advice to people who don't ask me for my advice. So even though I, I do know some people who I definitely am like, gosh, wow, she's still not exercising even after she was diagnosed or, you know, things like that. Like, it just kind of breaks my heart because I know how important exercise is. But um, but that's fine as long as, I mean, again, everybody has a different idea of what's important to them in their life. But yes, it would, I, I don't know that I could be like best, best friends with someone who didn't take their health seriously because I just don't know that I have that much in common with them. So maybe what you're really asking is, um, you know, is it hard for you to be friends with these people? Because maybe you just don't have that much in common with them. Maybe anymore. Maybe you once did, right? Uh, Alex, final question of the episode. Were you always in shape or was there a time when you weren't exercising or training? So I grew up as a dancer, so I always was pretty skinny as a teenager. And then I put on the freshman 15 because I didn't understand anything about nutrition. Uh, and I ate ice cream every single night in the dorm because I didn't really understand anything about sugar and fat. So I definitely put on 15 pounds and on my body frame, I have a small body frame, it showed. I mean, I, I didn't fit into my clothes and I was very unhappy that summer. So my mom and I both went on a diet that summer and, and I definitely took that weight off. I never put that much weight back on, well, no, I shouldn't say that. After graduate school, I went to Europe for a month and did a tour and I did 
definitely put on maybe 10 pounds there. (laughs) So, you know, when I was younger, I definitely sort of had ups and downs in weight. And I've definitely talked about it before that my my higher weight times in life were generally associated to my most unhappy times in my life. Um, And that's often when we use food to feel better. And I really try to work through that a lot with my clients. If you're continually reaching for food to make yourself feel better, is there something missing for you in your life right now because I went through that and I know what it feels like to be really lonely or stressed or sad and to constantly use food to make you feel better. So yeah, there were definitely times in my life that I weighed much more than this. I don't think that there's like a picture out there that if I showed you, you'd be like, oh my God, you you definitely were heavy. I mean, I was never like, the doctor never told me, oh, you need to lose weight or anything like that, but I definitely didn't look like I look today. Um, really until, um, till I went through a divorce. And so when I got divorced, that was a time in my life that I really chose, oh, I could get fit or I could get fat right now. And that's a choice. That is a choice I make today. I'm either going to go for the wine and all the sweets to make me feel better, or I'm going to get in the best shape of my life. Uh, and that was about, um, 14 years ago? Was it that long ago? About 14 years ago. So that's when really I changed the way I ate. I changed the way I exercised. And I decided I wanted to be healthy because I had a little boy. I had a two-year-old that I had to raise as a single mom. So that's when I got in the best shape of my life. And I loved how it felt so much that I never, ever went back. And that's when I decided also that I'd love to help other people feel this way because nothing feels better It's not nothing feels better than being skinny. No, nothing feels better than being healthy. I love the way that it feels. And so it definitely feels better than all those times I was eating too much sugar and drinking too much alcohol. And that's what I think I try to share the most with all of you and all my clients that if you embrace how you feel when you're eating healthy and exercising, that is what will keep it going and make it a lifestyle. And these were some of the best questions we've had. So thank you so much for participating about once a quarter. I like to do the Ask Me Anything. You can shoot me an email, Kim at EarnThatBody.com, anytime with any question you want in the next episode. And I start racking up and making a list of them all. But this time, definitely... Everybody from the Earn That Body private community had some fantastic ones. Everyone, I am wishing you a great week ahead. Make it the best one. Feel your feel your best. Embrace feeling your best. And just remember that the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. Talk to you next week, team. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com. Or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.